This is Market Insights, the Market Pulse podcast by Oanda. I'm Johnny Hart. Let's talk to Oanda Senior Market Analyst Craig Earlham in London. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Plenty of data to mull over today, Craig. Let's start with US inflation and uh, consumer spending rose more moderately in February. Rates are lower than expected. Having said all that, despite inflation showing signs of cooling, Craig, it still remains fairly elevated and we could still see the Federal Reserve raise interest rates at least one more time this year. To be honest, I wouldn't be surprised if the Fed opts not to raise interest rates again in early May. And the reason is the economic data we've had so far doesn't quite justify such a move. By the time May comes around, the Fed will have plenty of data to hand to tell them whether the impact of the banking mini crisis that we had over the last month has had a knock-on effect in terms of credit markets, lending and economic growth and inflation potential over the course of the rest of the year. That alone could effectively justify pausing interest rate hikes at the next meeting in a way that they couldn't at the last meeting because they just simply didn't have enough data to hand. But it would obviously help as well if the economic data justified it also. Today's data doesn't quite get there. It's an improvement, but it's not an improvement enough. The income spending data is a slight improvement, but not enough again. I think we need to see more. And thankfully, we've got five weeks until the next meeting. That's plenty of time for the Fed to collect more data, including more inflation data in a month's time. And that will give them a much better handle on what the correct course of action is going to be. At this point in time, I look at the markets and I can see that a rate hike is priced at around 57% and no change is priced at around 43%. So really, the market is saying it's a coin flip at this moment in time. But again, there's no clarity. We don't have access to the data and we still don't know what the full knock-on effects of recent activity is. I think we can take today as saying, do you know what? It's a slight step in the right direction. It doesn't put too much pressure on the Fed at this point in time, but there's still a long way to go. On the other side of the Atlantic, we've seen some interesting figures about inflation for the eurozone as well now inflation is down from 8.5 to 6.9 percent but more interestingly core inflation is up why is that well this is a trend that we've actually seen over a number of months now and what it is is it's the energy price movements making their way out of the calculation as well as the fact that we are seeing a fundamental decline in energy prices over the course of the winter period because of warmer weather and high uh, stores of gas Uh, and that's now filtering through into the inflation data itself the problem is core inflation strips this out to the best of its ability so while there are second and third round effects of inflation figures and we've seen that in other countries over the course of the last year or two At this point in time, we only really see the impact on the headline CPI number as opposed to the core number. So while core is still rising because we're still seeing higher services inflation, we're still seeing higher food inflation, the headline number is declining because we're seeing lower energy prices. It's simply that. What this ultimately means is the headline figure is slowly moving back to target and has come a long way from the peak. But policymakers at the ECB are not going to be happy because the stickier core inside an inflation number, especially on the services side and wages as well. We saw today as well that wages are still rising at an uncomfortable rate. Unemployment is still low. This is all going to make the ECB uncomfortable. And again, we take a look at what this ultimately means for interest rate expectations. And at this point in time, markets are still pricing in a strong chance, around 83% of a 25 base point rate hike at that meeting on the 4th of May. Again, long time to go between now and then, and that's still drastically lower than what we had before. But this inflation data today hinders 
the ECB's ability to slow the pace of tightening or pause the pace of tightening rather than helping it, which is what the headline figure would otherwise suggest. So what sort of effect have these inflation figures in both the US and the Eurozone had on their respective currencies, Craig? Any big reaction not really. It has been a volatile day, but we've had a lot of economic data. So trying to pinpoint exactly what is driving that is always a little bit difficult. You kind of see the first five minute reaction. But so often on days when you've got a lot less economic data, it takes time for the markets to settle down until you can generate a full view on what impact certain economic data has had. All you can say is that everything is basically treading water today. The dollar is up around 0.16%. The euro is off around that against the dollar. The pound down even less than that. We're talking about less than quarter percentage point moves basically across the board here. So I'd say it's had very little effect. And if we look at the economic data we've had as a whole, as well as that which we haven't already covered, you can understand why. It's a very mixed bag. There's good points and there's bad points in everything. Craig, talking of a mixed bag of results, we've had the latest PMIs from China. Manufacturing is down, but non-manufacturing PMI is up. Well, I think what this ultimately shows is something that's actually been materialising over the last couple of months. It's that we are seeing the domestic economy bouncing back strongly, but the external facing side of the economy less so. So you can see that external demand for Chinese manufactured goods has actually softened rather than rebounding in the same way that we've seen for example the services side of the economy domestic consumption has been strong and you can see that reflected in the non-manufacturing pmi jumping to 58.2 this is going to be a trend i think over the course of this year because if you look at some of the big exporting economies around the world like korea japan etc you can see exports are struggling there too and i think this is a sign of the global economy slowing and less trade as a result and China is a massive exporter, it's the world's largest exporter. So we are, I think, going to continue to see this kind of trend forming now over the months ahead. But the important point is that the domestic economy is strong and domestic consumption remains strong. And that's what's ultimately going to drive the economic recovery over the course of this year in China. If that starts to weaken, then that becomes a much greater concern. But so far, so good. And even if you take that manufacturing PMI into consideration, I don't think it's anything to get too hung up on. And the fact that it's still above 50 think is still a positive. It's been a pretty busy week and we're now entering holiday time, particularly in this country here in the UK. Public holidays, wherever you look, there's something like five in the next six weeks or so. But what lies in store for next week? What should we look out for? What are the highlights? I think the obvious highlight is the US jobs report on Friday. That's the standout economic release generally every month. It carries that little bit of extra weight because we're not necessarily seeing the progress everywhere at this point in time. If we can get some signs from the jobs report that we're seeing some progress, particularly on the wages front, then I think that will give the Fed that little bit of room that we were talking about earlier. That obviously comes as well on a bank holiday in Europe, in much of Europe, should I say, with it being Good Friday. So it's going to be an interesting day on that front. We're going to get that kind of, like I say, that mixed bag in terms of very light trading from the European side, but with the biggest US economic report. So it'll be interesting to see how that occurs. But we've also got things like the RBA and RBNZ interest rate decisions. So that's going to be an interesting point, especially in light of everything that's happened. Will the RBA now pause? They've seen a little bit of better inflation data, but there's also the risks from the global side of things. Will they now pause their tightening cycle? The RBNZ has less freedom to do that. So a 25 base point rate hike is likely there on Wednesday. And then we've got final manufacturing PMIs and services PMIs from around the globe as well. So I'd say it's a day to have 
heavy week, largely tier two or tier three data with a couple of big interest rate decisions. But there's no doubt in that the big event really is next Friday when most of us here in Europe will be enjoying a bank holiday, but those in the US will be eyeing the big March jobs report. Craig, have a very good weekend. We'll speak to you again soon. Cheers. Speak to you soon. Market Insights, the Market Pulse podcast by Oanda.